0: The, the big driver of this is actually that the, uh, the value of retaining a customer and, you know, upselling to a customer, making them happy, making the network effect word of mouth, having them as, you know, close friends uh, mm-hmm. like any brand should do. I think that's becoming kind of a new currency. Um, so, so, of course, you need to be aggressive, especially as a, as a growth company in the startup world, on, on the new sales, but you have to focus equally on the, uh, on, on the customer success side.
1: Project A podcast. Uh, welcome, everyone, to the podcast uh, about customer service. And as we will see, that's probably not even not enough as a term. Uh, my name is Raul Porjan, I'm a Sales and Customer su- Success Specialist at Project A and uh, I'm sitting here with Mats, who is the CEO of Dixa. And Dixa is uh, our newest investment and I'm personally very excited to talk to him because uh, customer service is very near and dear to me. And Mats, maybe you can introduce yourself and also say a couple of words about what your company does.
0: Of course. Thank you, Raoul. Um, I'm uh, Mats CEO co-founder of Dixa which is the next generation conversational customer engagement platform. And that's a long name. I will definitely elaborate a little bit on that. But basically, we are a customer service platform uh, founded in Copenhagen back in 2015. And we've seen some rapid growth in, um, in some new areas of customer service. Um, and we are 45 people in total today in, in our offices in Copenhagen, London, and Kiev, and uh, soon also Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been using the, almost entire of my professional life in the customer service industry. So back in the old call center days into the telcos and um, had previous, uh, previously been in two companies that was exited uh, where we also did call center solutions, uh, customer engagement platforms, even some CRM systems. Um, and, um, and therefore I've been spending my time with these uh, big brands and vendors since I was 19. Um, so that's a terrifying uh, 19 years <laughs> <laughs> in the industry. Um, besides that, yes, I am a very proud uh, CEO of, of, of Dixer and proud to be a part of the Project A family as well, but also I've seen uh, in my personal life that um, I've experienced a lot of bad customer, ex- customer experiences, um, actually horrible customer service experiences, to be very direct. And at the same time, um, in my previous company, uh, our co-founder, Jacob, uh, and I, who's our CTO today, we actually were building customer engagement solution or customer service platforms mm-hmm. for brands of different in different verticals. Um, but the challenge for us was that we had to use three, four, five different technologies every time we just wanted to build one multi-channel customer service solution. Uh, so that was a big, big challenge for us, but also for the brands that wants to to actually drive a better customer uh, experience uh, and also just a better customer service across all these channels. Mm-hmm. And that was actually where the uh, the idea around Dixer came um, into play uh, back in 2015. So a combination of a personal and professional uh, frustration, I would say. Uh, and uh, I think we also realized that was a uh, not so obvious gap in the market because different vendors were very good at doing email ticket support uh, or they were very good at voice and call center and phone systems or on you know the the third silo they were really good at live chat and messaging but all of them very much biased towards one channel um, where they were very good at at building a system Um, Mm. but things have changed um, at least that how we are seeing customer service today Um, I think we're seeing a big, big change, a dramatic change, actually, in how uh, consumers are actually um, seeing brands and experiencing brands and how they relate to brands. And the other side, we also see a dramatic change in how they engage in their personal life uh, via many channels, um, messaging channels such as WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, um, Twitter, uh, and of course also classic and traditional channels as phone uh, and email and, and SMS. Um, and I believe that that change has rapidly changed the landscape uh, on technologies, but also how, cost, how companies and brands need to engage with their customers. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get back to that in, in more details, how I, I see that uh, that's transformation going on. Uh, but that was actually the, uh, the key pointer for us to, to take an, a very ambitious move to build a new platform um, which we call the customer friendship platform because we, we believe that brands and, and customers should be connecting like friends not because you have to be friends with all your customers but because you actually have a very personal engaging and insightful way of communicating between friends and that should be as uh, as um, as I would say um, as agile as and as, as personal uh, for brands and companies mm-hmm. uh, That's that's our opinion in in, in the market space.
1: So very exciting experience also 19 years again in that sector, but also to me personally, very exciting approach to uh, customer service and calling it customer friendship is something you don't hear very often. And um, so for me, uh, part of this podcast today will be also understanding why there is the need for a rapid shift in in customer service and, and maybe why we need new terms also to think about things. And so what we'll go through today is, uh, first of all, we'll just talk about the shifting landscape of customers, um, uh, maybe demographic changes, but also cultural changes that are happening. And then how does that influence what the customer needs nowadays, right? So we have new possibilities, customers have new ways of living, and then we probably need to service them in a different way. And uh, then we will go to the strategies that you can apply to service them better, to produce friendships if possible, of course. And uh, then also a little bit of, because I know uh, Dixa believes in, uh, has very strong beliefs about what the customer service is actually when it's good and, and also terms and we'll get to those too. And uh, that's going to be the last part for me is um, the belief in what we should look like and what we should look at at 2019 in customer service. So, maybe to start with that, uh, we had a discussion earlier today where you said to me, uh, for us, we really don't like bad customer service. And you said also in your intro, you had some really horrible customer service experiences. So, can you maybe give us uh, uh, maybe not only your personal experiences, depending mm-hmm. on how horrible they were, but what would be your top three, four, five no go's in customer service nowadays?
0: So, the, the first no go, that's, that's a very good question. Uh, um, the, the, the first no go, is the big big challenge that we see in I would say 9 out of 10 brands that I connect with and also hear my friends and colleagues connect with is that you have to repeat yourself with a um, challenge or a need that could be a sales related um, uh, you're buying a travel package or you're buying a, a car or whatever when you engage on phone or email or even chat or if you're lucky you can engage with Facebook Messenger or other messaging platforms Do you mm-hmm. have Different persons that that is actually answering your request, if they are answering, and when you finally engage with with a person uh, or human, you will have to repeat yourself yeah. in these um, in these matters, which is you know time consuming. It's um, it's it, it's giving a feel of you just being a customer, and um, it's very impersonal because you're you're asked the same question. They don't know you. They can't recognize you. So I would say that that is the biggest big challenge I hear and. Modern people today, especially, I would say, millennials, uh, are very impatient uh, human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they love convenience and they also love to, to relate to a brand or a friend or uh, um, yeah, a fashion brand as well. It's, it's, it's very much up in, 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 in their world. And therefore, it's, it's directly a, um, a provocative challenge for them if, they, if, they, if they're contacting one of their favorite brands. Um, and they have this um, impersonal um, and non-recognizable experience. Yeah. Um, so that has, that, has be, that has become much more present in the last three years because the, uh, the, the, the way consumers are connecting with brands has changed dramatically. Mm-hmm. So you see a major rise in messaging. I think that's no surprise uh, Facebook Messenger being the world leader than WhatsApp. Um, and you also see a, a decrease in emails, actually, because millennials uh, or my kids, they will never send an email to, yeah. to, to a brand if they can avoid it. True. And then you see a little bit of a rise in some industries on phone calls, because when you're driving a car, car when it's very urgent, when you're calling your airline company, you want to engage immediately. Uh, and the phone is, is actually uh, still a very, very powerful uh, channel um, to, to engage and solve a, uh, a critical problem fast. So, I agree. So, so, so that, that's where, where I see number one. Number, number two is, is an old challenge in the customer service industry and in the call center industries where you have seen an outsourcing wave uh, throughout the last 10 to 20 years. And here you see that not only impersonal or, or non-recognizable customer uh, requests are, 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 are an issue. The biggest issue here is actually that, that, um, that you have, you know, Wrong answers, or uh, to to be uh, to be very very brutal uh, honest, to have rude mm-hmm. answers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no empathy. Um, uh, you know, very very strained. Uh, Kind of standard answers you're giving, you could have, might as well come from a chatbot. Yep. We still see that as a as, as a big problem when engaging with some of the larger corporations in, in logistics, for instance, or or, or in travel actually.
1: There would be the old, my computer says this, and that's all I know, and uh, that's yes. all I can help you with. Yes. Uh, or this is the process. That's what I'm allowed to do. Have a good day. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: And then. The, the, the third one, and that's, I would say that that's also a big one, that is what we relate to what we call the, the customer service paradox. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we see here is that if you have a, a digital-born company or a very lean e-commerce company, you have the majority of your customers helping themselves out course, you only need to engage with customers when situation is, is really critical or you can see a way of engaging or having an upsell, cross-sell. So where there's a valuable engagement, you should help mm-hmm. um, or be there for your customers. So what we see here, if you can grab that situation on all channels, then you have a big, big opportunity in, in, in saving even when you messed up. So in the service, customer service paradox, you see that customers that just, you know, buys uh, 10 times from an e-commerce or web shop, they're pretty satisfied, they, they like the brand, but com- customers that has had a really horrible experience with, you know, not getting the getting the package uh, on time, uh, they bought shoes or, you know, their plane was delayed or whatever, and. When they could engage with the human being, for instance, and they get you know a refund or you know they get their shoes on a a critical uh, package uh, sent immediately to them or whatever, then they're actually more happy <laughs> than the customers that that just go streamlined through the process. Yeah. So so but if you if you're looking at some of the technologies today that tries to automate everything in one hundred percent pure digital and lean way, you won't be able to. To, to find these, let's say, 10%, 20% situations where you need to be there. So that's the most real. So those customers having just one bad customer experience, according to Salesforce report, the uh, the connected customer uh, from 2018, it's 71% of all consumers that have one you know horrible experience or bad customer experience, they leave a brand. Okay. Not because of the product or the service, they don't like it, but because they had a bad experience. Um, so that's pretty... Uh, it's pretty uh, terrifying number. Significant, yeah. yeah.
1: And I would also agree from my personal experience, and also from seeing other companies that screwing up sometimes happens. Especially, uh, it happens in startups, but also in bigger companies, obviously. Yep. And. That is not always a death knell, no. so screwing up can sometimes be an opportunity to create a great, a great relationship yes. um, when you react well and when you understand what the problem really was, what really led to it and when the customer understands that he can rely on you to fix mistakes and that sometimes is much more powerful than, than relying on you to not make mistakes in the first place. Um, especially in the B2B sector, but also in the B2B, into, in the B2B yeah, sector. Yeah, it goes
0: to process. I perfectly agree. Yeah. That's a good point. So maybe to sum
1: this up, uh, three biggest no-goes uh, in customer service. Uh, don't make the customer repeat themselves. Uh, don't have bad outsourcing, where info is not there, the customer is not really understood. Uh, try to keep it in-house if possible, uh, or don't do it badly. And the customer service paradox, where don't service the customer where it's not really needed. Service them where the impact is the biggest right and we already touched on this quickly but also as a base where do you see the biggest differences between customer service needs for b2c and for b2b mm-hmm.
0: so the, the basics you just um you just uh, line up the three basics that has to be in place that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a kind of a, a license to operate with, with stellar customer experience and customer service but a big difference for, for b2c companies for instance we, we take them first whether that's an e-commerce, it's a travel, it's a, a, a tech startup scale-up that works with, with, a, with a marketplace or uh, with, with, with a B2C customers or in customers. Um, the, 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 the big thing here is that's a, cri- a quite big mass of transactions going through through their customer service or their e-commerce platform or whatever they, they have. And when you, when you have this challenge, you will need some structured uh, process around how you deal with these channels. And preferably you would treat them as conversation because all of them are just requests, contacts or conversations. So whether it's a phone call, an email or chat, you need to be able to route it to the right employee at the right time based on the context that that, that, that person is in. So here we're also talking about sentiment, we're talking about what, what web page are you, are you actually looking at product or where are you initiating your request. And, and that's pretty high scale sometimes if you if you look at some of the big e-commerce champions of Europe. Uh, they definitely have some challenges there, but some of them are solving them quite well. Um, so that is, a, that is a big difference, whereas you're in B2B you have, you know, normally or typically you have fewer engagements with sometimes large customers. You have few large customers or you have several medium-sized customers. There you'll mostly have a relational way of, of, of driving um, your engagement. Zone. So it's sometimes very sales related uh, and you can do a lot with a, a, I would say a typical classical CRM system like, like Salesforce or Pipedrive or whatever, mm-hmm. but when that critical mass goes into, you know, a higher number, you will also see the same similarities from the same, uh, I would say uh, tendencies from B two C going into B two B. So and if you look at tech startups specifically for B2B, these guys are normally, uh, you know, very oriented about uh, technical support requests. Mm-hmm. So classic uh, term of tickets um, and, and help desks. Uh, so 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 they are mm-hmm. sales focused and they are technical um, uh, support focused. And, uh, and and that's a difference from from a B2C company that, that has many commercial engagements and many service-related, not support, but service-related transactions. Uh, And that will require, I would say, different processes, different culture, uh, Mm -hmm. but also different technologies.
1: Yeah. Can you maybe give an example, maybe from your experience or people that you know, or from your portfolio uh, in B2C and B2B of people doing really good customer service?
0: Yes, definitely. we have, we, in our portfolio, we have one of the uh, one of the leading uh, Northern European uh, sports uh, champions in, in the online space. So they are born digital. They are a born e-commerce company. They have a culture around uh, their brand. Um, they also have a culture around how to drive stellar customer experiences. So they actually feed that all the way into all the processes around their channels. So they are available on all the channels. Mm-hmm. They're not hiding the phone number. They're not, you know, sending people over to a help center to help themselves out. They actually, uh, I think they are a 120 person organization, but they are close to 60 persons that are customer facing people. Mm. Uh, of not, not all of it is, uh, is customer service. Many of it is actually driving an experience of the product after it's been used to be football boots or goalkeeper gloves or football jerseys. Uh, and a lot of it is actually conducing the engagement with the customer to also upsell, cross-sell, or give a, a, a different service around a recommendation on how to use the products. So that that is um, it's, it's called Unisport. Um, it, that's that's really a, a from the Nordics, and you know also in Germany, and it's also in the UK today. That's a that's a that's a pretty fine story uh, on uh, on I would say excellent customer service. Um, We also have, we do also see B2B brands going for the more, I would say, conversational um, way with the transaction across channels. Yeah. Um, But again, it's for for us, at least where where the technology we've built, where we see it fit very well is where their landscape of customers that could be small, small companies, um, a lot of them is very similar to how you drive a B2C CRM approach. So there we see actually a, a very good fit. Of being you know ever ever present on all the channels as well um, and again as I said I also admit to that, that, that classic ticket support tickets in a very tech company like a B2B tech company uh, just could be an IT service company for instance their tickets and a support channel and you know the, the back and forth on very very technical stuff can be very relevant. Yeah. So, so that there you 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 have um, you have great cases actually where they're really good at that. But you also have cases where B two B companies are uh, you know driving their support towards a IT support world instead of going for the more relational or conversational way. But that's very B two C like. Yeah. Um, and that's you know back to all startups today or scale ups today. They are in the democratization of software. So they have a lot of customers and many of them global. So they need to also, I would say, take an approach that has been you know, successful in B2C.
1: It's very interesting you say the the similarities to B2C. So I had a situation recently where I learned about it's not it's not important which company it is, but uh, they they're doing B2B and a lot of the customers are still preferring to just write the owner or uh, the founder uh, on WhatsApp. And to ask for the request that they're that they're asking for. So uh, imagine you just connecting to your customers through WhatsApp, and they actually—it's a challenge because that's where a lot of the selling, that's where a lot of the customer service happens. But the customers just like doing that. So exactly. it's not very really scalable. But apparently, um, depending on what customer you work with, people like different channels. And yes. This already maybe leads us to our next uh, segment, which is where do you see? Changes happening, we all know about demographics changing, uh, millennials being becoming more and more important as customers, and of course, generations after that too. Where do you see big changes in the behaviors uh, and also in the needs that you need to provide for them for customer service? Maybe for example, in relating to the, the channels that they use. Yes,
0: so, so if you take a, that's a very good question, and that's back to the the, the, the tendency we have seen the last three years. You take an outside-in approach for for for, for a brand, for instance, and just you know have a very very you know it can even be a manual way, like you said with the WhatsApp or Facebook, just to have a quick analysis of, of how your your millennials or how your different customer groups they engage with the with the brand, so. There's, there's no silver bullet channel left anymore. You mm-hmm. can't go as a company and say, I, I will primarily be on the phone or primarily be on email uh, or a chat for that, for that matter. You actually need to be present on, on all channels if you have different customer groups. Uh, and if you have, you know, uh, uh, I would say all customer groups from from millennials and, and up to, to 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 maybe 50 60 years um you will see that that messaging is growing rapidly and yeah. um, because that's how they communicate as friends that's how we communicate today um i i, I use uh, whatsapp um, i use messenger i use twitter i use linkedin in my professional life the messaging part of linkedin but I also use phone calls and emails, uh, so that's a variety uh, of, of um, things. I can control that because that's primarily one-to-one uh, communications, but for a brand with thousands or millions of consumers, it's becoming a chaos, actually, if you haven't a, a structured platform or approach to, to do this. Yeah. So that This has happened the last two or three years, and it's a dra- dramatic change. Um, and back to the what I said in the beginning, I also think you see that people are optimizing humans are optimizing for time yeah. we all want to be efficient we all want to be have convenience uh, at our hand you know airbnb uber all the things you know today there's an app for everything and um, so that will also drive the need for for having a real-time engagement with the brands or getting the answer immediately regardless of, of channel so so the thing about dictating you to go to a help center or reading an faq you will see that diminish very rapidly as well, because the young people are not going to do that, and they're not going to send an email and wait seven hours or even one hour for a response.
1: It's funny because even maybe two, three years ago, self-help was supposed to be the next big wonder uh, that just is going to make everything easier in customer service. Mm-hmm. Everybody was talking about Anna, the chatbot from IKEA. I don't know if you know that one. Yes, yes. And, and that's that was a that was, a, that
0: was a horrible customer experience. <laughs> well, everybody was talking
1: about it, yeah. right? So. Yeah. Um, and, and there's certainly things happening there too, but uh, it seems like there's multiple trends happening and, and it could also go another direction, right?
0: Yeah, yeah definitely. I think you're right that um, I, I see a future where, um, where you of course need to do smart automation and need to do a convenient and a chatbot that actually is able to, to answer you know, standard questions and even go further and being you know, real machine learning, real AI it's going to be very interesting we see a um, we've seen some excitement about the last two years and then we see some troughs now where it's uh, it's really down the slump because mm. very ma- it's been driven by many bad customer experiences but what I see when it's and it is coming now when we see it's going to be really good at the you know the, the standard questions and can do a, a seamless handover to a human being, if that's what triggers, that's, that's the need because you can do sentiment, you can see whether you're angry or happy, if you're about to churn, you know, all these things can be used. Then I believe that the combination of AI and humans or chatbots and, and, and a platform for all channels, that's going to be very interesting future mm. because then you will see that the messaging part with a chatbot in any relation, actually, whether that's Siri or it's, a, it's our platform or whatever. Will take out the, the, the a lot of the self-service FAQ very static way of, of having you know information lying around. Yeah. Um. So so the self-service, um, I would say, hype a bubble is definitely going into another transformation uh, where, where chatbots and AI, but also AI routing, mm-hmm. we will find the right person for you based on a number of pa- uh, historical data and real time data. I think that's going to be very interesting to see.
1: And I think that's also a topic that might be interesting to a lot of listeners and and viewers. Uh, AI is obviously uh, trying to be connected with every single topic. And I've also encountered it two years ago when I tried to set up a customer service um, where people were just trying to sell me AI solutions all day long. And I didn't really believe in them yet, but um, maybe they'll be there at some point. And I think what's very valuable is for you saying you see the value at that point when AI enables a smooth conversation that goes from the chatbots. Uh, via the uh, customer service agent, and maybe at some point even back to the chatbot. Yes. Definitely. So uh, the uh, the collaboration between the two is where the sweet spot is to you. And
0: across channels. Yeah. So the bot works across channel, even the voice channel, because yeah. we can do voice recognition today. We can do text to speech. We can transcribe in real time. You know, all the frameworks are out there. So you're actually able to to build a very comprehensive platform, um, without it being a, a monster. So uh, yeah, so you're right. That transformation uh, will definitely win. The question is, how seamless uh, can, you actually, can you actually make the technology?
1: Uh, very exciting to see where that's going. And um, also very exciting because the customer service is just becoming a much more important topic nowadays. I remember also for me, uh, I work in the field, but even three, four years ago it did not have that many eyes and ears on it. So um, it seems like maybe also because of the changes in, in, uh, in demographics, Customer service is just becoming more and more important. Why do you think that is?
0: Yes, that you're, and you're perfectly right. Let's say three five years ago, especially in, 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 in startups, again, regardless of channel, whether it's a startup or scale up in e-commerce or in tech or in travel or in fin, financials or fintech, I think the focus was very much on, on generating new biz and, mm-hmm. and new sales. Um, and to, to that extent, that it actually hurt the customer experience, and you did see churn in many companies. And um, as as things has become more complicated, both on, on, on the channel side, but but also that you know B two B customers or B two C customers are more uh, demanding today. You will see the need for um, for for retention and and customer service uh, becoming you know key to success actually because. You're spending a lot of money and a lot of effort uh, are driving, you know, very, very complicated marketing solutions, marketing automation solutions in, and CRM systems and sales stuff. But generally, you haven't been spending much time on retention um, and customer success uh, and support. So what I see, the, the big driver of this is actually that the, uh, the value of retaining a customer and you know upselling to a customer making them happy making the network effect word of mouth having them as you know close friends uh, mm-hmm. like any brand should do i think that's becoming kind of a new currency um, so, so, of course, you need to be aggressive, especially as a, as a growth company in the startup world, on, on the new sales, but you have to focus equally on the uh, on, on the customer success side, as we call it in startups. Yeah. Um, and to that end, I also see that customer service, which is I, it's the soft, classic one from typical from B2C, the, uh, the customer support, which is typically technical support or um or a, a, at least some more sophisticated support. Customer success, which is actually coming out of the startup world, onboarding, support, uh, retention. And finally, sales side to existing customers. Those four S's, you know, service, support, success, and sales, I think they're merging very much um, into a next generation uh, customer engagement uh, movement, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a new kind of CRM system, uh, could also, we could also coin it like that. Um, and that's where I see that the, the most um, you know, I would say f- um, most innovative um, companies or digitally focused companies in, in all verticals, not only startups, they, the, the, I would say the champs that have seen this movement and moved in that, they will definitely uh, have a competitive advantage and see lower chance and higher loyalty and more brand love than any other company. And to be a little bit prerogative, if you don't see that in the next one to three years, I think you will not survive as a brand. Um, also, seeing in the competition of the big, big guys from you know Amazon, Solanto, Google, you have, you have many big guys that are really doing a great job. Um, but there are much, much more place for the more niche-focused brands that we all love uh, in, in, different, uh, in, in different areas.
1: And what's very interesting, you, you also coined the term, or you said the term brands a lot. And in my mind, I would like to add to that, that we also see much more uh, bigger importance on brand, uh, especially also in millennials and, and, and newer generation, but also a much wider connection, much closer connection between brand and service. So, whereas maybe before it was more about marketing and also PR, and of course these things still matter, um, now brand is also linked to service. And we also see many times in the social media sphere how bad service can really damage your brand. So there's multiple uh, uh, examples. Every month there's some new uh, XXY gate, something happened, somebody had bad customer service at American Airlines or at some other company, and these things just blow up, and that directly influences your brand, obviously in a very bad way. And then again, sometimes we also see examples of very good customer service that is distributed uh, in, in social media and people learn about that. To be honest though, usually the views for the bad service examples are more than for the good ones, yes. but they still do exist. And um, so I think this the, the voice of the average customer and of their experience is just louder than it ever has, was before. and a bad customer experience where before you might just tell your mom about it or your your neighbors now you can tell the whole world about it and if the whole world listens half a million people will learn that you provide bad customer service so this way i think service is much more connected and intertwined with brand than it ever was before
0: I perfectly agree and it's also besides the the, the, the close connection it also have of course some kind of regulating effect that you you also need to care you you should care about your customers you should be close to them yep. uh, but you also need to do it you know to to uh, to, to make sure that your brand will, will survive and have a have a place in the market and in the hearts of uh, of your audience uh, otherwise you you also see great brands um, that could be a gaming console that I love that my boys love uh, where we love the product you know we love the, love the games but when you maybe have a different contact or a different channel <laughs> with their customer support, you we have at least uh, experienced some uh, a big big gap between the brand we love and the experience we've had. And then the the customer service experience we had, and, and to, to that extent, that we at least probably not my boys, but but I could leave that brand. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm not even talking about just you know going out on uh, on Facebook and, uh, and 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 making noise. I'm just talking about the, the fact that this this is a, that's a big gap between those two experiences, and yep. that you need those need to be aligned as one brand experience through any channel or any touch point. I know it's difficult, but but uh, that's why uh, technologies are emerging uh, these days uh, yep. for solving these, these things. Mm-hmm.
1: And also adding to that is not only, uh, I would call them really shitstorms on social media, that's just one way, but also maybe not the really bad and good experiences, but also the average experience of the average person who's gonna review you on something like Trustpilot or Trusted Shops. Mm-hmm. So just trust building is much more transparent nowadays and your rating will increase or decrease and it will be visible. So mm-hmm. uh, every single person's vote counts nowadays, even if they don't create a huge media attention for it. And that, that, that will influence what people see about you and what they do about you. Um, maybe, you sure? maybe, uh, so, going back to the how do you connect your brand to the customer and how do you build a friendship because that's i think friendship is a big term and yeah. it's an ambitious goal uh, and especially so me having a lot to do with sales when you're a salesperson, it is much simpler to actually create a relationship with your customer So imagine uh, if you're B2B, uh, you will have, I don't know, five, 10, 15 touch points. You'll drink coffee with them. Uh, You'll have some calls with them. It will take a while. You'll have them as stakeholders. You have meetings with them. So you actually do create a relationship and you do have chances for a small talk and everything. And maybe at some point you might even call it a friendship. Mm -hmm. But on the customer service side, so let's say I, I acquire a customer for my software and service solution and then I hand it over to customer service and they'll have an account manager. It is much more different for them, which is why many times actually you will see customers uh, trying to still call the salesperson that sold them the product instead of yes. the account manager. So, within all that, how do you actually manage to build a friendship out of something like that?
0: That's a very good question. Um, I would say digital friendships is, of course, the way because you can't have, you know, let's say. A thousand different customers that, that contact you as a customer service agent yeah. or a, a, you know, a customer-faced person. Whether you're in sales or support doesn't really matter. But what you can do is that you can be personal in your way of engaging and you can be uh, friendly and you can also be, um, be much more direct in, 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 in your way like friends actually communicate when you have the context, you have the information, and you know uh, the historical parts of, of uh, that's like a true friendship. It's built on trust, we just mentioned. Mm-hmm. You have to have trust in the brand, and you also need to have trust in the person you talk to. So let's say you're contacting a travel agency, uh, or you're traveling, uh, or an e-commerce company, and you do that several times. If you if you know Matt is available, I, I have been talking to you before, If I'm available, for instance, and we can see the data is pointing to that you need help for maybe similar challenge or, or an upsell, why not route it to me? I, I can see it's you. I even get some pointers that you've been here three times before and, and bought. I can see what you did. Um, and I can ask, you know, relevant questions. I can even say, Hyrule, great to see you again. How was your uh, trip to Thailand with us back in January? Yep. Um, I see you looking at the maldives uh, how would uh, would that would that be relevant for you guys or your family to go there it's not hard it's of course it's a matter of your culture in your you know, customer facing teams but it's also a matter of how you use the data you have at hand and how you use that across all the touch point that, that a customer could, could, could engage and by that I'm not saying you have to be friends no. with all your customers you can't drink coffee with all your customers yeah. but you can definitely build some strong bonds through you know a digital, digital engagement. And that is why we, we, we're calling everything, we're not talking about tickets or deflection or cases or emails, we're talking about conversations. That, that's why we, we, uh, we, we believe that there is a movement towards um, conversational customer engagement. And you know, the, um, the other word of that is customer friendships. <laughs> and so, so you can use your data, you can use your branding culture and your experience of your product to drive customer friendships. Mm-hmm. And then you can do it big scale, but you have to be true to, to how you do it. And you can't go all the way to be creepy. So you you know what you did last night and all these things. It has to be a good balanced manner. And and in that way you can actually replicate some of the things you mentioned from true or real friendships and also from close relations in the B2B world where we have more a account-based approach to sales, for instance, or also service for that
1: matter. Yeah. So, I, in my eyes, I really like the thinking uh, in conversations. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to me and it really resonates with me also as a customer. Um, me as someone who, I've built up customer service departments, coming from that view, it is a very strange term, uh, I have to say, because coming from the other, other tools that I've used, but also the, the schools that I've gone through, uh, the thinking is a little bit different. Um, but, it makes sense uh, depending on or uh, looking at the solutions you have right now and the possibilities you have right now to actually make it one conversation. So maybe just for somebody uh, just interested in how to how actually make this happen. Um, maybe you can give a, like a short intro on how would you make conversational customer service happen from the ground up in 2019 that is fit for what we need nowadays. Let's assume somebody is just starting their own customer service and they want to make it conversational. What would they need? Yes.
0: First of all, they, they, they have to look into their the culture and the brand. Do they want to be there for the customers, or do, do they want to drive a lean deflection machine? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is because it's it's a it's, you know it's a free country. It's it, it's it's up to how you want to drive that. And if you can also look into the, the value of do do you think you will have customers within the first month or a year? And how, how do you see that? So there's some some balancing in that. But if you want to build a brand, if you want to drive some strong bonds to your customers, you will will need to look at a platform or a process approach where channels doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You cannot silver bullet your way out of this. You cannot just implement a help desk uh, to, to take care of all your, your customers. You can't not just buy some mobile phones and, and believe you can get them to call you, which would also be a little bit weird, um, or just drive your, your, your customer service purely from social media, let's, let's say Facebook, because that is not how people and not how friends they, uh, they, they communicate today. So, so you need to look... I won't even call it omnichannel or multi-channel anymore. I definitely want to call it a conversational approach because that's what we're talking about, but I would rather call it a channel-neutral approach to uh, to drive engagement because it really doesn't matter if you if, if you can embrace all channels as conversations because they are just conversations whether we sit in here and talk whether i'm calling you or we are on facebook messenger on whatsapp or we switch between them it is conversations some of them are connected about the same matter on different you know uh, channels or they are new conversations starting on new channels um, and, and that is how we you know modern people are working with these things. So you need to adapt to that. Um, so I would say, and if you can also see a, a, a merge or a transformation between how you drive your sales or retention at least, your customer success, and also your support and service, whether that's sometimes the same, right? Sometimes it's a soft port, sometimes technical support. I think then you come a long way you can find technologies that, that that support those 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 means, um, and messaging could be a way to start it because that is very conversational. Uh, I think you uh, I think you've nailed it, and not just take the de facto standards that are out there. Mm-hmm. For big corporations, it's uh, it's some of the big brands within the call center industry. For startups, it's some of the well-known uh, uh, chat solutions or help desk solutions, um, and they definitely have some benefits, and they are they are they are they are way to get you know you're into the uh, to, to 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 let's say having a faq and, and stuff like that but it's you 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 can't symbol bullet your way out of it anymore you could do that maybe five ten years ago yeah. as a startup at least
1: yeah. so uh, maybe to sum that up too um number one is So again, to to build a customer service uh, that makes sense in 2019 and that goes towards a conversational approach. And by the way, something I really also like about that is the longer-term view you take on this because a conversation is something that takes place over a couple of years possibly and and many bookings and many uh, acquisitions. So, um, yeah, number one about that is make a conscious decision that you're gonna uh, make customer service uh, that way and make a conscious decision that you focus on service uh, in, a, in a longer term and that you want to make it a, a relationship and a friendship or you know, a conversation even. Um, number two is be channel neutral. So uh, make the customer reach you on wherever they want to reach you and make it so that your, your people and your customer service agents can work whatever makes most sense. Uh, in a way, and number three would be uh, be conscious of the four S's and and of the differences and of different approaches that you need, and those would be service, support, uh, success, and sales, and uh, utilize them and help the customer in that way, and um, so I think if you if you if you take those, then you have a good guideline for I think the movements that are happening nowadays, and um, so from uh, from from our side, we're very curious to how Dixan will also help uh, this movement going forward, and I know you guys are. Uh, really keen on creating this movement and you really believe in this. so um, Definitely. <laughs> we also believe with, with you guys and that's why we invested and we're looking forward to how you guys are going to solve this and uh, also looking forward to what else we can share with uh, the listeners also about the journey. So uh, Mats, thank you very much. Thanks so
0: much. Big pleasure to be here Same. and a fantastic topic to touch upon.
1: Great. Uh, thanks guys for listening and see you for the next podcast.